Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Years ago, before Zoe and I ever came to Ivy, everywhere we went, at conferences, various meetings, for a few years, whenever there was a prophet or a ministry time, and so often when we just opened up our Bibles, this was the word for us, new wine, new wineskins. Wineskins were made from the skin of goats, and what happened was as fermentation took place inside them, the, the, it, kind of, the, it stretched out the sides. And what you could only do, you could only, this was only enough for this year's wine production, for now. Because if you tried to put old wine in it, it would be fine. But put new wine in it, it would burst. And I realised that so many of the structures that I was then involved with in that denomination were kind of closing me in. So we just said, Lord, we'll go where you want, we'll do what you want. And that's why we ended up here. That's how we came to be here at what was then Ivy Cottage. We changed the name, we became Ivy Manchester, saying it's out of the cottage and into the city, a new wineskin. Then we became Ivy Church and we moved out and travelled round and added new names along the way for the new wineskins in new places to reach new people in new ways. And I'm so grateful for all of you. Many of you have been part of that journey. Some of you have been here before I was even here. Thank you for your courage, vision, generosity and adaptability that's helped us so that now there's more people than ever here. Imagine if we just stayed here. Now, don't get me wrong, I love this building. I wish you could all pile in here tonight and we could end up with thousands of us watching. Uh, you know, we've got thousands watching online by the time this goes on. But in the end, we used to have hundreds that would gather here. And I love that. And there's something special about coming together. And I know that online has its disadvantage, but it also has some advantages too. And um, you know, while we are planning and hoping that we can open this up in new ways for, for prayer meetings and various things, the chances are we're not going to be able to do anything through the summer for sure. And we're going to review it in the autumn. We're going to keep on reviewing this. But we've said for years, you know, that we're not just about meeting in buildings on Sundays. We're about equipping the saints for the work of ministry. Years ago, those of us who were leaders here put our keys to the building down on the stage when it was at the other end. And we said, Lord, we'll go where you want, we'll do what you want. And that's how adventures with God always start. And they never have to stop as long as we don't want to hold on to our old wineskin and we miss the new wine. See, the wineskins can be about places that we meet and ways of doing church, but actually it doesn't come down to groups of hundreds or even small groups or grow groups. It comes down to one. It's part of my daily readings this week. Jeremiah 14 verse 12 bounced out when I read this. It said, say to them, the Lord, the God of Israel says, every wineskin should be filled with wine. God's talking there about people, individuals, you and me. We are who God wants to fill with his new wine. And the changes that have been going on around us may have forced us to go along. But if you just go along reluctantly and allow yourself to be begrudgingly dragged along, moaning all the way, that isn't being a new wineskin. See, God wants to pour new wineskin in and fill us, but it's about choices, thinking, attitudes that lead to practices to keep on becoming that new wineskin so the Holy Spirit can do something new in us. We've already heard and prayed tonight about how that can happen with regard to important issues such as race that we've been tackling in these times. It involves practices and actions, but it starts in here. And if it doesn't change our minds, in the end, like I said before, it just becomes something that we used to think was important and now we've moved on from because nothing's really changed. 
So the new wineskin is about what is God doing now? And are you ready and are you open for what God wants to pour out today? And maybe, of course, you're going to just nod and say, oh, yeah, of course, bring it on, bring it on. Well, there's one thing that can stop us. Luke, in Luke's gospel, when Jesus speaks about it, in verse 38, Luke 5, 38, he says, the problem is some people will say, well, the old is good enough. I don't need the new. The, you know, the old enough is good enough for me. Is that you? Do you just want the, the old wine? Have you got used to the taste of it? Will you only be happy with what it is, when it, how it used to be? If so, I've got bad news for you. It won't ever be the same again. Because God is doing a new thing. Now I know, I know change is hard for some people, but change becomes a lot easier when you're not just changed externally by what you have no choice over, but when you choose to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that's when you become a new wineskin. I wrote a blog about this the other week called God Wants to Change the Church to Save the World because we're living in such a time as that. And that comes from Esther. And just like we heard before, I'd written it down in my notes that this is, is the, the time that we're alive for now. It, it, it doesn't mean when you read that passage that automatically God will use you. God says, I want to use you. I'd like to use you. But if, if it's not you, I'll use somebody else. And I wrote it in the blog that this change is not the same as transformation because change is something that might happen around you and make you change some things. But, but transformation involves transform, it means change form. In fact, transformation means the ability to change form. A caterpillar's day might change when it falls off one leaf and lands on another. But its life is only transformed when it becomes a butterfly and flies. Then there's no going back. It's a metamorphosis. And that's exactly the Greek word that the Bible uses to describe to a Christian. Not just what happens once when you become one. It's meant to keep on happening time and time again until face to face we see him and we know him because we're like him. That's why Romans 12 verse 2, Paul says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Don't just be shaped by that, things that are going around you. But be transformed, be transfigured. Same word that, that when they, they saw Jesus' glory, the disciples saw him transfigured. How? By the renewing of your mind. It can happen. How does it happen? Well, Avril is a new wineskin. She just emailed to say, I joined in here at Ivy, came for a new job, and I spoke to Becky on my first week at Ivy Academy. And I joined a grow group because I felt it was a good way to get to know people at church. And I've been going along on Zoom, and I thought that would be a great way to be connected. And it was, and I've had a laugh, and I've got relationships. And through the studies, I've really grown in my knowledge and understanding of who Jesus is. And the studies have started to help me. And I'm being mentored by one of the ladies in the group. She's brilliant. And I'm not sure how I'd be, how, how closely I'd be connected to Ivy if I'd not joined the Grow Group and I encourage others to do so. I loved sitting in on the men's group meetings recently. Nearly 100 men from across the sites have attended and engaged with and gone deep in those groups. And, and over and over, I heard people saying, yes, it's, it's been tough in lockdown. But you know what? I feel closer to Jesus. I feel like I've, I've, I've had some shifts going on in my mind about what's really most important. We've had more people join grow groups than ever. We've got grow groups that really need to multiply because there's too many in them, so more people like Avril can join in. Survey just in the States showed large percentages of churchgoers for the last month, they haven't engaged at all. And a leader was telling me, somebody in their church was saying, oh, I'm all Zoomed out. I'm just fed up, I can't be bothered. And, and this leader was saying, I feel the same way. You know what I thought? You know what I thought I'd say to that person who says they love Jesus? 
Have you ever seen in China when they get a Bible? One Bible, maybe, between like 20 people in the underground church. How thrilled they are. How desperate to grow in God those people are. And to that leader, I said, how much do you think the Apostle Paul would have loved to have been able to help people in churches that he was having to lead from a distance as they met in homes, scattered all over? How much would he have loved Zoom rather than having to smuggle a letter out of prison? Get real. What are you talking about? You're fed up. Well, what with? Why aren't you hungry? Why aren't you hungry for God? You need to get your mind renewed on that. If not, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss the new wine, the new thing. You know, God woke me up last October and he said it over and over. I couldn't sleep. He kept saying, I'm doing a new thing. Do not perceive it. Like you can miss it. You've got to perceive it. Grab it. COVID is a new thing, but it's not. It's not the new thing. What the new thing is, is in you. It's in me. It's us having our minds renewed. Not just change around us, but something happening inside of us. That's the choice. It's, you see, it's happening. Change is happening anyway. It's here to stay. Your choice is, will I be transformed on the inside? See, church has been changed. Have you? Ivy started out all these new wineskins. One was called Kingsway. I used to love that one. Loads of us gathering in this big place and, and everybody singing, hundreds of people. And then that old wineskin, skin, which actually took an awful lot of work from a few people often to be able to put that on. And, and it was very consuming of effort and money and all those kind of things. And, and at the same time, we said, well, we, we want to do the excellence and the glory to God thing. So we started Sharston Academy, Didsbury, and we gathered in these buildings. And I love gathering in places whenever we can, however we can. And God comes in very special ways in, in these places. And, and I'm so grateful for all those kind of things. But this isn't just about us thinking about how do we restructure now and do grow groups and medium-sized gatherings. And we want to do that and we are doing that. The new wineskin isn't that though. It's you and it's me. God wants you and me to be new wineskins in this day. And he'll fill us if we'll offer ourselves and say, Lord, I'll be transformed. I'll change form. So the first word I felt God wanted me to bring tonight was this. Will you be a new wineskin? It's an individual question for you to answer not just something we can all answer, it's for you. In March, when we met here, right here for Ivy Central, just before lockdown, I said in the talk here, because some people have been saying, is this it? Is this the end times? There's a lot of that going around and online and everything. I prophesied at the end of the night, and some of you were here when I said it. It's not the end. It's practice. don't know if any of you remember that. I didn't intend to say it, it just kind of came out of my mouth as we were worshipping and the Holy Spirit was sort of moving so powerfully and we were crying out to God. I just said, it's practice. And that's worth thinking about whether or not we are alive to see the second coming, the return of the Lord in glory. And yes, I do believe some of us will be alive to see that, by the way. But it probably won't be tonight. This is practice. And who you are now shows who you'll be then. We were in a series called The Church That Acts then. After that, it's all about devoting yourself. And I do believe that the Lord in his mercy speaks to us prophetically about the season we're in to help us. He's been so kind in this time to help us. So he hasn't had to take us all by surprise. And we saw there that after Peter preached this sermon where there were thousands of believers all over the city, they devoted themselves to three things, to the word, to worship and to one another. Acts 2 verse 42, I know it by heart, it says they devoted themselves to those three things. So point to the person, I do this a lot, who's mostly responsible for how devoted you are to God. And it ain't me. 
I can only devote me. You decide to devote yourself. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Word, worship, one another. What happened when they did that? It says everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed. That's why the enemy will do anything and everything to distract, to divert, to derail you from being devoted to any one of those three things. Any one, because any one of them, you not being devoted to that leaves you wide open. It's the last one I want to hone in on tonight because that's what this week the Lord was speaking to me about to warn you tonight. You know, some people say to me, or they say, oh, I don't feel close to God anymore. Or, or I'm, and I'm, I'm like a doctor. I'll go in with a diagnostic question. But actually, it's always the same. I'll say, have you been reading your Bible? Have you been praying and worshipping? Have you been connecting with church? Uh, well, no. Well, I didn't just hear the problem. I also just gave you the cure. The word, worship, one another. Take three of them and call me in the morning. So I did plan, I did prepare something. We had that already, but then the Lord this week on Tuesday, as I was praying and reading through my Bible, he, he, he told me to warn you this. Here's the word, don't fall away. That's it. Don't fall away. I have a duty to warn you tonight. Don't fall away. Acts 2 verse 46 says, they kept meeting together. When and where? Any way they could. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Miracles happened when they kept meeting together. That was how they changed the world in their generation. Where it says here in the IV, they continued to meet together. You could actually translate that word, just put it as devoted. They could have put, they devoted to meeting together. But it's a bit samey, because it's the same. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to prayer and fellowship. And then, just a few verses on, every day they devoted themselves to meeting together. It was that important. They just met any way they could. Why? Because that's what you do when you're in love. When you're devoted, they were devoted to the Lord and to one another. In big gatherings like a temple until they got thrown out. And in other people's homes and their own homes, then they devoted themselves to meeting together. Which, by the way, when we do the racism conversations, comes through every single time as the one thing that our church people are saying brings the barriers down. We've got to extend our tables, open our hearts, open our homes, not just bring people that we already know around them, people we already like, but get somebody else around and get to know them. Let's not stop meeting together. Because if you start, stop meeting together, you're going to start to fall apart. Peter, Jesus said to him, you know what? Satan's asked to sift you like wheat, Peter. He wants, to, he wants to sift you. And that's why Peter and those other disciples knew we've got to keep meeting together because when we stop meeting together, we start to fall apart. And on Tuesday morning, Matthew 26 was part of our daily readings. Get that Bible open. Devote yourself to the word and read in Matthew 26, verse 1. Jesus says, he said, Jesus is really clear at the beginning. Matthew 26, verse, verse 1. He says, I'm going to go and I'm going to be crucified. And then he tells them all at the Last Supper, you're going to betray me. One of you is going to betray me. And he identifies Judas. But it's not in a way that everybody else can know. But then he, he leaves them and he goes to the Mount of Olives. Verse 31, he says, you will all fall away. And, and they're all like, no, not me, not me. 
And he says, no, you're all going to fall away. And the word fall away is the same word that he used in the parable of the sower when he says that there's a kind of plant that grows up and and when hard times come, it falls away. Peter says, no way I will fall away. So Jesus says, great, well, you you stand here while I pray and you pray with me. And then he falls asleep. And then he says to Peter, hey, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then Judas arrives And I don't think any of us are like him. We wouldn't openly betray Jesus, would we? In fact, I bet if you were pushed like this, when it was obvious that opposition was coming, some of you'd be like, Peter, you know, he pulls out a sword and he laps off an ear. And and if you were put to the wall and they said, renounce Jesus or else, stop following or die, you'd say, oh, no, no, never. I wouldn't disown him. You'd, You'd stand like Peter did in your own strength, perhaps, but... Falling away is a lot more subtle than that. It's gradual. And what happens is he starts to cool off. As I read through the passage, I can see what happened to the the disciples. And and it ends up in verse 38, sorry, 58. It says, Peter started to follow him at a distance. And then he finds himself out in the cold by a coal fire. And now he's trying to warm himself. Ecclesiastes 4.11 says, How can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Don't fall away. If you, it, don't fall away because if you, if you stop meeting together, you're going to fall away. Charles Spurgeon was famously asked by a man who said that he was still a Christian but didn't need to be part of the church anymore. Well, you know, well Spurgeon didn't say a word. He just took a piece of coal out from a fire and set it on the hearth. It was apart from the others. What happened to it? Now, I'm not saying everybody needs to be part of this church. I've searched my heart all week over this. I'm not saying this to try and keep anybody here who should be going to another church. Or you know, We've had lots of people come and join, and some others have gone over the years. Some people have gone to be in other churches or to plant other churches. And if the Lord calls you, Go. Go and be blessed and be plugged in. But don't ever just stop going. Because to do so shows incredible immaturity and naivety about the battle that we're in. Oh, but I'm screened out. Oh, I think I'll miss grow group tonight. I'll, I'll watch this box set instead, though, because I'm screened out. Oh, oh, oh I think uh, we'll wait until the building's open and then it'll be back like it used to be. Listen, You could be waiting a long time. Even I could have grown a beard by then. What will the church in you be like by then? See, in one night, Peter went from being full on blazing away with the disciples, all in for Jesus, I'll never fall away, pulling out a sword, lopping off ears, ready to defend his faith, to going it alone, following at a distance, lukewarm. Three times then, he denies Jesus. That's how you fall away. Don't fall away. It starts in here. Then it becomes actions or inactions. Maybe you got offended because somebody else wasn't perfect or church wasn't just how you liked it. And you didn't even know, but you know, you, actually you couldn't be bothered this week. And actually you've not been bothered these days. Oh yeah, I'm still a Christian. I'm still a follower at a distance. And sometimes you look back and remember how it used to be, how you used to be, how fired up you used to be back then. But now you're not. And maybe you blame the church for that it's the church's fault you know what I'd say to that repent change your mind be transformed before it's too late do not harden your heart devote yourself the Holy Spirit in your house wants to meet with you right where you are now 
and he wants to come and fill up new wineskins. That's all he's going to fill up. You've got to devote yourself. You've got to say, Lord, I'll be a new wineskin tonight. And Zoe, Zoe started to, when we read through this, she started something, it was a prophecy, she didn't know about it, she had her eyes closed, so I, I wrote down some of it, she didn't know to do this, but she said, started talking about a runner, she said it's easy to fall away, it's subtle, it seems like running along, but then one day you find you can't run, because we stop jogging, one day we can't do it like we used to, we stopped doing what we did and now we can't do it anymore, that was the prophecy that she said, and, and I think, yeah, it's, it could be a long time we get to, until we get to meet in significant numbers together. What's going to happen to you in the meantime? What's going to happen to your faith in Jesus unless you learn to devote yourself? My job is not to devote you, it's to equip you if you'll be equipped. How will you not fall away and not just become the same temperature as as your surroundings? It can happen over time. That coal coming out of the fire, can it warm itself up? No. It's got to get in the fire. Be transformed. Say, Lord, Pour out the new wine. Do what you need to do in me. Pray now. Say, Lord, I don't want to miss the new thing. Forgive my pride. Break my independent spirit. I devote myself now to your word, to worship. And tonight we devote ourselves again to one another, however we're going to meet, however we can. Somebody needs to forgive right now. Before you can worship, we'll do it. You've been forgiven so much. Get over it. Forgive. Come to the one who forgave all of your sins now in worship. Don't give up meeting together. Be a new wineskin. God wants to pour new wine out tonight. Let's devote ourselves in worship. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org media.